podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire Podcast. Hello and welcome to another Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire podcast. Westerer is indeed Bestra. Uh, now, normally at this point, I would introduce Big M, uh, but Big M is having a weathering break this week. He's uh, uh, on holiday with the wife and is forbidden from accessing the internet in any way, shape or form. Uh, but he did manage to send me a couple of messages yesterday with his thoughts on this week's game. So um, hopefully his wife won't find out until um, after they're back from holiday, which will be good. So um, yeah, hopefully he's having a good holiday and enjoying life uh, down west. He is down with us. So um, enjoy that, Matt. So it is just me, and we're in a bit of a strange one this week because um, I don't know how everybody else got on with watching the Scarlets game on last weekend, but I found it nearly impossible to watch the game or get anything beyond you know a ten-minute extended highlights of the game, and of those ten minutes, three of them were interviews before and after the game. So um, yeah, not a great deal of footage to to go with. I found out about 15 minutes into the game that uh, it was live on EPRC.com, which you then had to pay for. So, um, I, you know, I thought it would have been on um, Viaplay, uh, as, it's, as it's called now, or stuff like that, because with most of the other games, it, it did seem like Scarlet's game was the only game that wasn't broadcast live on Earth. A standard platform so yeah so we're going to make the best of it we're going to do what we can do and we'll go off what we can what we can go off uh, but obviously the best way would have been to have been at the ground um uh, as always so lesson to us all off that one to just check that out before and uh, and make sure we get to the ground a bit more often isn't it yes well so what what, what have we got from um the Scarlets game there. So Scarlets by on. Obviously, um, decent win for the Scarlets. 39-7. Never really looked in doubt from from what I've seen. Never really looked like we were going to struggle. There were a couple of bits there where Bion looked like they might be starting to string things together, but they never really got into their stride. It wasn't a full-strength Bion team, but you can only play what's in front of you. And you know, we, people keep going on about how good the Pro 14 is in France, and you know the second team in France would beat uh, you know just about everybody else, and this, that, and the other. Well, actually, you look at the URC um, results from the weekend, and generally, on the whole, URC teams did very well. Um, so, yeah, I don't think we can have any complaints about that. But it was a bit annoying for it not to be on the telly. Um, so let's start with three weird reactions then. Uh, start with Martins, actually. So uh, uh, Big M says it was about bloody time, but the tackling was still sloppy. And he did split those up into two. So, you know, there was a three word and a three word. So, uh, yeah, and that seems kind of consistent 
across everybody else's kind of three-word reactions. So Hugh, uh, about bloody time. Uh, Gene, better display today. Stephen, a win, brilliant. James says, simple, fast and direct. Uh, Gareth, by the sounds of it, Gareth was in the stadium because Gareth said that the try music was awful and the MC needs uh, livening up. So, uh, which I've heard before, and uh, you know, I've, I, I've heard that he's a, a really good guy. I'm just not sure that it works that well in the stadium. So there we go. Uh, Aleph says onwards and upwards, and and then Mandy finishes off with a bonus point win. Which again, you know, it's been a while since we've had a bonus point. Uh, and a bonus point win. I don't think the Zebra game was a bonus point win. We just won. So, yeah, um, a good game all round. And from what I've seen, um, it, it looked like the front row uh, absolutely took Bay on apart. Uh, I think Will Griff, John, Kemsey, Matthias did some fantastic work. And, you know, Kemsey's been working at that for uh, a long, long time. You know, he, he, he comes with a scrummaging reputation, but he's he's quite dynamic around the pitch as well. And he's just been waiting for that opportunity to really show what he can do. And yeah, from what I saw on Saturday, he, he worked really well. And and I think he balanced Will Griff John quite well as well. I think we've all been waiting for that time when, uh, when Will Griff kind of, showed why he was here um, and he was involved in a lot of stuff over the weekend so I think it might just be starting to click for him and that can only be good for us you know that can only be good for, for the Scarlets and the way forward so yeah I thought the the, the front row was superb I thought um, Callum Afoni in the, the second row actually just had more space to run in we didn't use him so much as a, a crash ball king. And, you know, when he got to, to run with the ball, it was in open space and it was middle of the park sort of thing. And and the guy's quick. So he's not, you know, you're six foot eight, six foot ten, second row, but he's a big, strong lad. And, uh, yeah, so I thought he did really well. And it's really difficult going from number eight up into second row, the whole way you see the game is very, very different. So I thought he had a, a really good game at second row. And having said that, you know, Blake Thompson actually was superb in the back row, uh, as was, you know, um, Josh McLeod. You know, Josh McLeod had a fantastic game at open side. So it, it all just felt like everything was starting to click in the forwards. Um, and, and, that's, that can only be a good thing. But the partnership between Blacker and Costello is really starting to to grow. I'd, I'd like to see that being given four or five games because I, when you see the pair of them playing together, they do kind of complement each other. They're looking for the same thing. They're looking for that quick tap and go. They're looking for the break. They're looking to you know, nip through a gap and, and offload on the shoulder and, and things like that. And so, yeah, I, I I thought those two together played really, really well. 
Uh, and the other player that stood out for me was Johan Nicholas um, at outside centre. Uh, it does just seem to be the place where we're going to struggle. I think both centres, we've relied so long on, you know, two or three key players, you know, Jonathan Davis in particular, but then you've got Scott Williams. Um, oh, good Lord, I've forgotten the name. He's gone to Japan. Oh, bugger, we'll cut that bit. So, yeah, we, we you know, an over-reliance on people like Scott Williams and Johnny Williams, uh, Hadley Parks, you know, they, they were, you know, three really big, powerful names in the centre there that, you know, who's next coming through now? There's, there's some big shoes to fill and we need somebody to step up and fill those shoes, which we've been saying for a while. Um, you know, we've got Eddie coming through. Um, Steph Evans, outside centre, seems very, very busy. You know, Yohan Nicholas did very well outside centre on the weekend. Um, so, yeah, you know, we've got a few players that are coming through, but we're really looking now for somebody to put their hands up and make that position their own and say, you know, this this is what your future is going to look like, guys. So don't worry, I got it, sort of a thing. Um, in the same way Costello has come through and done that at 10, you know, I think everybody can see Costello at 10 for the next kind of five, six seasons now. Um, we need somebody to start doing that inside centre, outside centre. You know, we, we've got an abundance of, of players on the wing at fullback, so that's really the areas that that we need to start looking at now. So generally, on whole, on, on the whole, I thought there was a, a better game. Um, now, when we look at defence. Again, so the, the the word that keeps popping up into my head with defence is inconsistent. There were times in that game where we are dominating tackles, we are totally in control, and there's no issues in our defence at all. It looks strong, it looks solid. And then it seems to break down too quickly after a series of rucks. I think once we get to the fifth or the sixth ruck, it starts to break down and it breaks down really, really quickly. And I think that's the area of concern now is people will go, right, okay, we we only need to do, you know, 30 seconds of work, a minute's worth of work with a ball, five or six rucks, and then this is what we do. So, you know, it's improving. Don't get me wrong, it's improved massively since the start of the season. We consider we were at the start of the season where it was like a sieve, um, and now it's kind of like a sieve with tape over it, gaffer tape. Uh, and, and so there's still little bits that pop up and, and leak every now and again, but a massive improvement from where we've been. Um, the, the thing that I do keep seeing on social media and in highlights is some of the aggression in the tackle, some of the aggression in rocks and moles. Um, is maybe not where we'd quite like it to be. As supporters, we'd quite like to see an aggressive uh, ruck. Um, but they, we, you know, over the weekend, I think two of the tries came from turnovers um, where we drove them off the ruck. So I, again, I think it's it's more about being able to do that consistently for 80 minutes, or knowing, you know, we're not going to go into every ruck to to win every ruck. It's when we commit to a ruck, then we're gonna we're gonna do it to turn it turn the ball over. So 
again, having said that about turnovers, you know, what is improving massively, and we've been very critical the last couple of weeks, is when we were creating opportunities, we weren't finishing them. And we absolutely finished the opportunities over the weekend. And, you know, speaking as a number eight, um, Blade Thompson's pushover try is never the most exciting one in the world. But you don't see them tries much nowadays. You know, you don't see that pushover try. And I think that's how strong our front row was, where the scrum kind of did start to disintegrate halfway through it, but it we built up momentum. And if he hadn't scored, that would have been a penalty try. So, you know, I I thought, yeah, it's, uh, it's not the most exciting try in the world, but it was a try. And from a forwards point of view, that was a brilliant try. But yeah, when we when we did create the space, we did convert. And, you know, same again, we probably, instead of leaving four or five tries out there this week, we probably left two or three tries out there. So, you know, it's 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 improving and it's coming. Nobody's saying that it's, it's, you know, the finished article, but we're getting there. And the thing for me, the enjoyment in that game was seeing Kasim at the end, um, not just shaking hands, you, you do the, the bit down the tunnel and you all have a chat and you just go, yeah, well then. But Kasim was staying, having a chat, having a, having a proper chat with people and like he'd never been away. And I think that speaks volumes for him and for us as a club, to be honest. I thought we, um, you know, he knows he's always welcome back in this club. I would not be at all surprised to see him back in some kind of coaching role in the future because he he loves the club and the club loves him. It's just one of those circumstances where we had to part company. But, um, yeah. At some point, that guy's going to move into coaching, and I would not be surprised to see him back as a forwards coach at the Scarlets or a contact coach at the Scarlets at some point in the future. So, yeah. So, moving on then, forecasts for this week. So, we've got the Cheetahs uh, away, technically away, in Italy um, this week. I think it's at the Zebra ground. But, um, you know, so... Cheetahs played Poe on Saturday in 21-16. Now, when you have a look at that game, the only bit that really pops out in that game is the end of the game where the the Poe coach is having a proper pop at the referee. And I've only seen highlights, and obviously you don't see the, the, the controversial bits in the highlights, but something must have happened in that game for the coach to walk on the pitch and try to grab hold of the referee, which is what he did. So he's been um, given a bit of a wrist slap this week, but he is, um, you know, something happened in that game. Who knows? And and this kind of makes predicting the Cheetahs game quite difficult because we don't really know enough about the Cheetahs. You know, their team kind of disintegrated when they left uh, the URC. Um, And, you know, they lost a whole load of players to various different... But then they got put back together, you know, pulled back together and and let's rebuild. They were part of the tournament that the developing Irish side 
went to earlier this year. But even then, some of the players that we're going to see on Saturday weren't there. So, you know, really difficult to, to judge where the Cheetahs are at the minute. So it's one of those games where we can just go with what we've got. So Martin has sent me his assessment. Um, and what he said, as, uh, let's have a look. We've got Ryan Pina and Francois Steen, or Stein, Steen, who are massive talents and will cause us problems. If we can neutralise them, we should be okay. They've got a few Namibian internationals, don't really know much about them. Um, and yeah, difficult to find out a lot about um, the Cheetahs at the minute. So fingers crossed, I'm hoping that the Scarlets can just kind of carry on from where we've been building and it is building i think we need to be honest with ourselves you know we're, we're in a building phase now i think we've we found the bottom of the barrel and we're starting to build our way up to the top and as long as we keep building i think that we, we i think we're going to finish the season stronger i think we're going to be in a position where we'll get to the end of the season and we'll know for definite what our starting 15 will be at the start of next season. I'm just hoping that in between now and then, we put a decent run of games together in the URC. You know, we're using the the uh, EPRC as EPCR, sorry, as a, a bit of a springboard. And we can take that form back into the URC and, and start to dish out a couple of Tonkins in, uh, in the URC. So prediction for the weekend is very much finger in the air. Who knows? Because um, we don't really know that much about the cheetahs. So I'm going to go for a Scarlet's win by, I think it'd be close, probably 15-12, something like that, or 2018. It's It's not going to be a massive victory. But again, we just don't know. We don't know if they can turn it on the way that we want them to, then we're all well and good. So, yeah, fingers crossed a Saturday. So it's quarter past three kickoff, which I assume means that it's on television somewhere. Um, but again, I haven't found where that's on television because it's a bit poor at the minute. Um, but, 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 but even when I have a, so I'm on the website now, I'm having a little look at it. It's at the... Stadio Sergio Lanfranchi, uh, but that's it. Doesn't tell me any more information than that. So hopefully, if we find the information before then, we'll put it on our Facebook page. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll all be able to have a, a, a watch of that one. Or if you're going out there, and this is something that I've wanted to do for ages. If, if you go into your first Scarlet's game, so um or home or away, send us some photos so we can make a fuss of it on uh on the Facebook page. I, I, I just want to do this bit around, you know, my first game and when, when you're taking your kids to the first game, it's one of those things that's quite special. So if we can add to that day, you know, my first game, or even if you're even better, if you know you're taking a mate if you're taking a friend to their first game you know no matter how old they are but yeah send us some photos because i want to just want to make a bit of a fuss of people going to see the first scarlet's game and remembering it so yeah cool hokey cokey then deep breath on we go so let's have 
a look at local stuff then. Okay, so let's drop down then into the championship, um, which will be a very short stop because uh, Narva's game against Pontypool was off due to frozen pitch. Um, so can't actually see any games that were played um, in, the, in the championship last week, which is a bit weird. But there we go. That's how cold it was. So, um, as you said last week, Narbeth are at home this week to Trebanos. Trebanos are one off the bottom of the table. Um, they've only won two games all season, uh, but that's not to take them lightly. You know, Narbeth have come close in a couple of games now and missing a week, having a week out, sometimes works in your favour. Sometimes it can just kind of throw a curveball in. So I can still see a, a comfortable Narbeth win. I'm thinking probably 10, 15 points, um, uh, depending on the weather. The weather's meant to be a lot better by this weekend, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see quite a few games called off still. So, uh, yeah, comfortable win for Narbeth against Trebanos would be the prediction there. So down into one west then. Again, load of games called off due to the weather. One game that did go ahead though, local derby, Krimach and Whitland. So um predictably Krimach came out on top there, 23-13. I haven't seen any match reports from that one, so I can't really comment too much on that. But I can pretty much bet it was a bit of a belter of a game because they always are with those two. So, uh, fixtures for this weekend then. Aberystwyth are at home to Whitland. I'm going to guess that's going to be an Aberystwyth win um, simply because it's so far to travel. Aberystwyth are having a good season. Whitland are having an iffy season. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Aberystwyth there by... 10 points with that one. Then we've got Krimich at home to Tlenechli Wanderers. So Krimich top in the table. Um, Tlenechli Wanderers kind of fall in further down. So on paper, that looks like a fairly comfortable win, particularly at home. Because um, if you're playing up in Krimich, you know, it's freezing in the middle of summer. So it's, it's not going to be comfortable for... Uh, the Wanderers coming down there. So I'm going to go with a 10-point win um, for Krimich uh, on Saturday. And then we've got Pembroke away to Gowerton. And again, you know, just hoping that Pembroke actually managed to get a team together and get out on the park. But Pembroke propping up the table... And Gowerton in one, two, three, four. Gowerton in fifth. And it's close between them and some of the teams above them. Uh, they've only lost three games this season. So, yeah, I'm going to go with a Gowerton win there. I, you know, at some point, Pembroke are going to pull this game out of the bag. You know, they, they are going to, to win a game. Uh and it may well be this week, but I just can't, I can't see it. I can't see it myself, but, you know, best of luck to them at some point. It will come. So 
down into Division 2 then. Uh, only the one game that went on over the weekend, that was Tembi and Ponteberrin. Uh, Tembi dished out a bit of a kick in, 49-0 at home to Ponteberrin, which, uh, yeah, I know the boys are really proud of, really proud of the, the, the performance that they put in. So, cracking game there for Tembi. This week, we got Fishguard at home to Lucher, Milford at home to Kidwelly, Tembi away to Nankaredig. So, some really tough games there. Fishguard and Lucher, both mid-table. Uh, there's one point separating them. But, uh, yeah, let's go for a home win. Let's, I think Sush and the boys are going to pull one out of the bag there. And hopefully, you know, it's... Uh, it's going to be a decent Christmas for them based on that. Um, and we've got Milford and Kidwelly. So, you know, Milford down the bottom, Kidwelly near the top. Uh, it's, uh, you can't really see Milford overturning Kidwelly at, at this point of the season. Um, you know, stranger things have happened, but, um, you know, that's going to be a Kidwelly win by 10, 15 points, I'm reckoning. Um, just because Milford just haven't been able to string a couple of games together at the minute. But then, you know, we all know that Milford pitch, we know how windy it can be up there. We know how cold it can be up there. And that can be upset, um, unsettling for sides. So fingers crossed they can pull something out of the bag, but let's, let's not count on it. Next, then, Tembi and Nanka Reddick. So, Nanka Reddig are third in the table, Tembi are fourth in the table, both on 23 points, but Nanka Reddig have played one game less. Um, this is going to be a belter. To, to go into Christmas knowing that, you know, if you win this game, you're up into third place and you're within, you know, touching distance of the leaders. Yeah, what a cracking way to, to finish the first half of your season. So I hope Tembi can do it, you know, particularly with that um, win uh, from last week. So they'll be, you know, bouncing a little. They'll be ready to go. Nanka Reddick, you know, week off. And like I say, sometimes it works in your favour. Sometimes it works against you. So fingers crossed um, that that'll be a, a, a scraped win. Let's say it's two or three points um, win for, for Tembi. So, yeah. Then we drop down into Division 3. So let's have a look at Division 3. So let's have a look at Division 3 West then. So, um, yeah, unusually, quite a lot of games played. I think the only game that was off was Harford West and Tregaron, which um, you know, should have been a comfortable win for Harford West anyway so um but some really close games uh through uh through division three so abbery won one 1817 at lampeter st as predicted comfortable win at cardigan 1917 lan and nayland was a bit of a a, a close one 23 22 to lan uh, langham lost 31 10 away at Llanabother. And uh, you know that was that's a bit of a kick in the teeth for for Langham, but it is what it is. You live with it and you get on. And again, a last minute or a, a end of the game uh, victory for St David's twelve ten 
over Pembroke.quint. So uh, I know the Quints will be gutted about that. And I haven't seen any photos from the Quins on Fancy Dress. So uh, I'm hoping the boys didn't let me down on that one. But there we go. So um, that doesn't really change the table that much. We go St. Clair's, then Lampeter, Aberaire on third, Larne fourth, Harford West fifth, then Nayland, St. David's, Cardigan, Quinns, Flannabother, Langham, and Tregaron in that one. So fixtures for this weekend. So uh, Cardigan are away in Lampeter. Um, you know, Cardigan are on a little bit of a run, but Lampeter are still second in the table and you know they've only lost one all season so um, yeah i think cardigan is going to struggle in lampeter nayland at home to aberiron i think aberiron will just be a bit too strong aberiron in third nayland a bit further down um yeah i'm calling that one as an aberiron win five or six points there Quinns against Lan, uh, you know, Quinns will be a bit angry with themselves not taking that game up in St David's. Um, but Lan have had a Lan had a really good start to the season. Um, it's whether they can carry it on through. So um, I'm I'm gonna go with a Quinns home win there against Lan, just because when I played. For the Quins against Lan at Beerspool, that's when I put my back out, and uh, somebody needs to take a bit of revenge for me because uh, it's still bloody years now. So yeah, Quins by five ten points on that one. St Clair's at home to Llanabother. Um I can't really see Llanabother challenging St Clair's. St Clair's will probably, you know, take the opportunity to rest a couple of players, bring a couple of players through, um, but. Yeah, it should be a comfortable win for St. Clair's. And then we've got Tregaron at home against St. David's. Big trip away for the St. David's boys. If Tregaron can get a side, we know Tregaron have been struggling all season. So, fingers crossed, St. David's will be able to finish their Christmas season uh, on a bit of a high for that one. So, yeah, fingers crossed with that so and that is the end of all of our local stuff for this week so there's only one other bit really to to talk about um and i don't know if you've seen it again and it's tommy bow and this keeps propping up uh, all the time now um and i don't know why because the wru have categorically said you know we're staying with four regions and Tommy Bow said, no, you should drop to two. And I just think it's people trying. To, I think it's commentators and what have you, people trying to get their name in the paper and get a bit of publicity, knowing full well that it's going to cause controversy. People are going to be, you know, people are committed on both sides of it, whether you think it should be two, three, four, five regions, whatever. Um people just know that there's when you put something like that on social media it's going to spark a long debate and that's going to be good for your numbers if you're a struggling commentator which is where i would put tommy bow at at the minute and that's you know 
my message to to you would be that actually if if we get the Scarlet's region right, there is no reason why we cannot be at the top of European rugby. And I mean that genuinely, but it takes time, it takes effort, and it takes more effort than the Scarlets alone. It takes a lot of effort from us as supporters, you know, recruiting our friends, getting our friends up there, spreading a message, talking positively about the game, about the players, encouraging players on social media, supporting players on social media, and really having a bit of positivity. And I know it's really easy to sit there and slag a team off when, you know, we haven't been playing well. Um, all season, but if you're one of the players or players' supporters, uh, players' wives, uh, mums, dads, family, whatever, you're going to see that comment, and that that's going to be feeding through to the player. You know, particularly with all the stuff that's going on about contracts and about you know um, governance and structure and this, that, and the other. You know, it's an uncomfortable time to be a professional rugby player at the minute. So. For me, all of this faff about two regions and you know everybody slagging each other off. Let's just stay focused on the rugby, and and that's kind of my message to to you and to anybody that wants to listen. Is let's stay focused on the rugby. We've got some really really talented players in West Wales, really talented players, and more of them are filtering through to the Scarlets, they're filtering through to the national team, they're going on, they're touring the world. You know, we've got players from Pembrokeshire playing who've played in um America, in Japan, in Australia, um, in you know, various parts of Europe, in um uh we've got some players that have played in um Argentina as well. We've got a couple of, of Academy boys in New Zealand on a, um, a kind of swapping a, a year out sort of a thing in New Zealand. You know, they aren't um, Pembrokeshire boys, but they are academy boys from the Scarlets. So, you know, we've got Scarlet, uh, Pembrokeshire players that can really go and make a living from this sport, but it comes from having that dedication and that discipline and that determination to to get to where you need to be. So the future is actually quite bright. And yes, it may not feel like it right now, but that's kind of the job. That is the job of a supporter is to, you know, go there and, and let's try and find ways of helping the team, the support, that helping that team to be where it needs to be. And that's kind of my, my message to you at the end of this week, guys. Um, We've got some big games coming up this week, and then we've got um, the week after that. We've obviously got the Boxing Day, Boxing Day game that we're all going to be up for. We're all going to be loving that. Um, we used to put a bus on. We used to do buses for the big games. We started doing buses for the smaller games, and I'm starting to get requests again. You know, when are we going to start putting buses on? And that kind of shows that the feeling is coming back. That feeling of positivity is coming back. So if you are in a position where, you know what, if there was a bus going from Pembrokeshire and you wanted to, you know, if that was going, you'd, you'd want to be on it, let me know. Let us know because we can start organising these things, but it does take a while to get some stuff together. Um, so, yeah, do let us know. 
if that's something that's on your horizon that would be great and in the meantime ignore all the rubbish around two regions and this that and the other because it ain't gonna happen so that's me done just on my own told you it'd be a lot shorter than than if martin was here the guy likes to talk what can i say um hopefully he'll be back next week um <coughs> refreshed from his uh his family christmas break um we can have a chat about um uh, another decent win for the Scarlets and a couple more games in Pembrokeshire and we can have a good old slag off of the Ospreys as we go into the Boxing Day games. So uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to this week's show and enjoy your rugby and I shall speak to you again next week. You have been listening to the Westerer is Bestera podcast from the Scarlet Supporters PEMS team. You can follow us on Twitter on Scarlet PEMS, find us on Facebook with Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire, or email us on scarletspems at gmail.com. And remember, West is best, but Westerer is Bestera. Cheers. Podcast Network.